0: Do you remember your first show? I sure do. It was on August 9th, 2002. I did two songs that night. One was Madonna's song, Impressive Instant. And the second song was Cher's song for the lonely.
1: When you're standing on the edge of nowhere. When
0: you're standing on the edge of nowhere. And the CD skipped.
2: nowhere, nowhere, oh, man. nowhere. nowhere.
0: <laughs> and I felt like an idiot.
2: Steve Remo has been performing as a drag queen in Tennessee for more than 20 years. And every Tuesday night, Steve transforms into Veronica Electronica to host Drag Bingo at Five Points Diner and Bar in Nashville.
0: Hello, Five Points Diner!
2: Oh,
0: how y'all doing out here?
2: Last night, Steve strutted through the diner in a silver cat suit with a cape, a reddish wig, and rainbow accessories. This was Steve's first show since Tennessee passed a new law that could restrict drag events. It makes staging adult cabaret anywhere a minor could see it a criminal offense.
0: Wow, I've never had so many accessories to a felony in my whole life.
2: The bill is vaguely worded, so performers like Steve aren't exactly sure how it will be enforced. Are you nervous about your show?
0: No, my show is wonderful, and the show is right with the guidelines of what we need to do. I'm nervous about people wanting to find
2: something to find. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Wednesday, March 8th. Coming up on the show, what a new law in Tennessee means for drag.
3: This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com journal. Terms and conditions apply.
2: As a national legal affairs reporter, how often do you report on the drag industry? Uh, This is the first time.
1: That's our colleague Laura Cusisto. I mean, for sure, we're seeing trans issues, broadly speaking, bubble up more and more. I mean, bubble is not even the word explode as something that we have to cover and keep an eye on. We're seeing this uh, in a few different fronts in terms of trans issues. Um, We're seeing this in terms of medical treatment and the question of whether medical treatments should be offered to youth who identify as trans. We're seeing this certainly in terms of the drag bills that people are facing. And what interests you about the Tennessee situation? So, you know, I was surprised in a way how much this caught the imagination of the public and the media. These were bills that we had been tracking for a number of months. But state legislatures propose all kinds of things. And some of them don't go anywhere. Some of them don't do very much. Some of them are really more about, uh, you know, a press release or a speech from the floor. And I think we wondered if these bills might fall in that kind of a category. If these bills were really going to go anywhere, they raised these kind of really big First Amendment questions that we weren't sure state legislatures were really going to want to take on. And in a sense, I was wrong. You know, this bill set off a bit of a national furor, a bit of a national conversation conversation about this issue, and I think really highlights that there are a bunch of other bills floating out there that potentially may have the same kind of momentum.
2: Gender identity issues have become a focus for Republican lawmakers around the country. In more than 20 states, legislatures are moving bills that would restrict transgender health care for minors. At least 14 states have
1: introduced bills that target drag performances. So we see quite a few of these bills around the country off the top of my head, you know, North Dakota, Arkansas, Arizona, generally speaking in more conservative or purple states. But I I don't think that these bills are sort of likely to go away. I think that this this is an issue that a lot of legislatures are making a high priority. So let's talk about this Tennessee bill. What
2: was its starting point and why was it first proposed?
1: So there was a controversy in Jackson, in Tennessee. The city had approved a permit for a drag show performance hosted by the local Pride organization, and it was going to be in a, in a public park. A few days before the drag show was due to take place, a local Republican
2: representative and a group of pastors requested a court injunction. They said they thought the drag show violated Tennessee's obscenity laws. Here's the Republican lawmaker, Chris Todd, talking about this situation in an interview. My community found out the hard way that uh, a local group wanted to have some adult-oriented type entertainment in front of children, called it family-friendly.
1: They ended up kind of just coming to an agreement between themselves that this was moved indoors and it was limited to people over 18 years of age, but the issue didn't go away. Todd then decided to take the issue to the state legislature.
2: He proposed a bill that didn't specifically mention drag shows, but
1: would put restrictions on adult cabaret performances. I think he had really kind of grave concerns about the effect this could have on young children who are just kind of developing a sense of what's right and wrong and shouldn't be exposed to what I think he saw as really being a kind of sexualized form of entertainment. So he proposed the bill, and this is where it gets complicated, Um, because (laughs) it is difficult to ban speech simply because you're uncomfortable with it, simply because you don't feel like it conforms with your values. Um, We have pretty robust protections for free speech in public areas, on public property. And so they had to sort of craft a bill that could conform or at least sort of try to, or hopefully, conform with those requirements.
2: Republican lawmakers made the bill a legislative priority, and it quickly made its way through Tennessee's Republican-led House. In January, the bill was debated by a subcommittee.
3: Item number four, House Bill 9, by Representative
2: Todd. Todd made the opening statement. House Bill 9 clears up confusion in the law And clarifies that adult-oriented performances may only be held in age-restricted venues and may never be held on publicly owned property. And then other lawmakers peppered Todd with questions. Gloria Johnson, a Democratic representative for Knoxville, asked him about the bill's scope.
1: I'm curious how many drag shows you've been to, and I'm curious... Um, why targeting this? Because I'm thinking about a place where men wear tights in WWE wrestling and one third of the audience at least is children. And they do things like handcuff their opponent to a rail and shock their testicles. I think that's kind of bad. But somehow someone dressing up and dancing is the problem.
2: Because I- this was Todd's response. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. And so far, Mr. Chairman, the only person that's mentioned anything about drag has been the representative from Knox County. I haven't said a word about that. At the hearing, lawmakers also heard from a business owner and drag performer, Steve Ramo, from Drag Bingo. This time, he wore a suit and tie. He read out a message that he'd been sent by a young person who identified as trans.
0: This was sent to me on the morning of November 16th. I'm so scared right now for our community. How do you stay so positive when you see all this legislation being put in place about public drag? I feel so dehumanized. It's like step by step they are trying to erase visibility and I fear for the day that we will all end up being illegal or worse. I'm sorry, I'm just having a hard day.
2: The bill passed Tennessee's House and Senate, and the Republican governor signed it into law last week. It prohibits, quote, "...adult-oriented performances that are harmful to minors on public property or within sight of someone who is under 18." The first offense is a misdemeanor, and subsequent violations result in a felony charge. And now, Drag performers like Steve are trying to figure out what this new law means for them. That's next.
3: This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Voice API, you get comprehensive call analytics, virtual assistance, automated speech recognition, and text-to-speech benefits across multiple languages. Developers can add smart voice functionalities into your app, giving your customers an easier way to reach you. And you can start collecting real-time data to drive more meaningful engagement to move your business forward. Learn more at Vonage.com.
1: Now that the Tennessee bill is law, Laura's watching how it will play out in the state. We've certainly seen organizers of pride parades, for example, say that if the bill passed, they were going to cancel them. Do they now go ahead and cancel them? Do we see folks canceling drag brunches? Do we see Miley Cyrus afraid to perform in Nashville? These are all kind of question marks. And then we'll see also what the courts do with it. And so this is kind of where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, that these bills that get passed and the legislative process is a little bit messy always, then they kind of get applied in real life and we see how they really play out.
0: In theory, this bill does not affect me at all.
2: Since the bill in Tennessee was signed into law last week, Steve's been weighing what it might mean for him.
0: This is not a ban on drag. No one's saying you can't be in drag. What this is saying is you can't do anything lewd or obscene in front of children or where children may see you. I don't do that anyway. So this is not even saying I can't do drag story time at a public library. It's just saying I can't do it in a G-string. So it's up to the person reporting the violation. It's up to the arresting officer. It's up to the jurisdiction to say, you know, what is of a sexual nature is what I'm wearing... Enough to be within the boundary. So it's just very vague on, you know, how I choose to express my art. But I think that if we cowered behind it and stop doing what we do because of the fear of it is is bad. But I also want to be wise and take as many precautions with my shows as I can.
2: What does that mean? What kind of precautions will you take? Well, for example, like
0: the the venue that I do my Tuesday shows at, they have very large, big glass windows that look onto the sidewalk and onto the street. I would love if the diner would decide to put some shades in the windows and draw the shades down just in case I do something that somebody may feel is lewd or obscene. It wouldn't be mistakenly viewed by somebody on the outside.
2: Have you asked for that? Yes. Is it going to happen?
0: I don't know. <laughs> Are you scared? I am way more scared for my trans brothers and sisters that are dealing with the anti-trans health care laws and bills and legislation than I am about this particular drag piece of legislation.
2: Last week, the Tennessee governor signed a bill into law. It prohibits doctors from providing gender-affirming treatments to anyone under 18. And Monday, the Tennessee House passed another bill that would require adult cabaret performers, including drag queens, to apply for a permit to perform. And if conservative lawmakers are pushing these bills in states around the country, is that because
1: they're popular with their base? I mean, I would say they wouldn't be pushing them if they didn't believe that they're popular. There's clearly a belief among Republicans that this plays well. And I. what I would say is that I think playing into concerns among parents that they're losing control of their children. These are really kind of whoever you are, however you sort of see these things, these are sort of really kind of basic fears, right? Like that I'm going to lose control of my child, that I'm not going to know what they're seeing, what they're doing, who they're becoming. And so I think they're sort of playing into something that's really visceral. What will you be looking for next? So I mean, I'm going to look and see whether other states look at Tennessee as Bill and all the coverage it got and all of the attention and say great. Um, let's let's get on board. Um, we think that this is what our constituents want. We want this kind of attention. Do we see North Dakota or some of these other states follow suit quickly, or do we see them say, yeah, I don't want that. That's just not my fight. For sure, we're going to be watching the question of these bills governing medical care for minors, for trans youth. And we're going to be watching those bills really closely um, and see what happens with them For now,
2: Steve will keep hosting Drag Bingo in Nashville.
0: But anyway, there's a lot of work to be done, and there's a lot of bingo to be played, so I'm going to shut up and we're going we're to get down to the, to the real gritty-nitty work, but all right. N35! Bingo! See? It's something in the air around here
2: with you bingo. That's all for today, Wednesday, March 8th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and the Wall Street Journal. Additional reporting in this episode from Mariah Timms. Special thanks to Tasha Lemley. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.